if you want to change what you do, then you change why you do what you do and who you are. Welcome to another episode of the Grow You Podcast. I am super excited to be able to share this time with you. Thank you so much for for choosing to listen to another one with us. Here at Grow You, our passion, our mission, our priority is to help you grow a little bit every single day so you can be the leader that God wants you to be. I'm your host, Kiefer Honeycutt, and I'm so excited to be able to share this time with you. We're going to challenge ourselves today. We're going to grow ourselves just a little bit to get 1% better each and every day. You ready to get better? You ready to grow just a little bit? All right, ready or not, here we go. So the year is 1983, and the United States sailing team is on a 132-year winning streak. However, the sports world is about to be upset, disrupted, because the little-known, hopeless Australian team is about to knock them off their pedestal. Now, despite insurmountable odds, this team does it. Now, part of the equation is their incredible uh, equipment, incredible design, incredible hard work of their team. However, one of the greatest contributors on why they were able to succeed is in their preparation. You see, three years before the race even begins, before an oar ever touches the water, the Australian team's coach did something a little strange. Three years prior, he recorded an audio file of the team winning the race. This audio file included narration and even the sounds of of a boat cutting through the water. Now, this coach had the team listen to this recording every day, for three years, twice a day. That means that before the team even set sail on that day when they beat the United States, they had won the race 2,190 times. So how did the Australian team bury a long losing streak? It was the incredible leadership that they experienced that helped them flip the script, change the story on their circumstances. See, they changed their minds about what they believed was true. And that outcome helped change their story. Now, before they had won the race, they had won the day over 1,000 times. So when insurmountable odds seemed too much, when the temptation was for them to, to give in to their circumstances, they chose and said to flip the script. And we need to do the same thing in our life. So flipping the script, it starts with changing your mind, right? Changing your mind. Changing your mind requires intentional leadership. Now, we can rely on on our coaches, on our teachers, on our mentors, on our parents, on tons of people to lead us. These are great people that God has put in our lives. However, those people aren't always going to be around. And in those most private moments, those most quiet, personal times, the only person that you're going to be able to have is you. And in those times, you need to listen to that voice that God has given you, the quiet one whispering in your ear saying, that's not who you are. That's not what you're about. You're better than that. Come on, let me show you a better 
way. In our most private times, flipping the script, changing the story, and changing our minds has to be done through self-leadership. We need to be the ones to remind ourselves who God has called us to be and how that works. That's why today we're going to learn about what it means to lead yourself first. So when you lead yourself first, you'll be growing up, growing forward, growing to be the person that God has called you to be. Now, when you get better, people are going to get better around you. It just naturally happens. We're going to talk about two practical ways that you can lead yourself today to change your mind, to change your story. Those two ways are this. Cut the root, not the branch, and be a human, not a lizard. You ready? Buckle up. Let's go. Okay, the problem with behavior modification, right, is about how we tackle the problem. Now, we live in a world that's always trying to, to solve problems, always trying to, to change things. It was, change can be great. Change is an incredible thing. Problem solving is awesome. However, the issue is in how we try and solve the problem, how we try and change the behavior. I mean, think about it. Uh, think about all the times you've tried to change something in your life, right? You've either tried to start something or to stop something. And we've all done this. You've decided, perhaps even declared, shouted it to the mountaintops, put it out in the ether that you're going to change, right? You know what? This is the year I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to be exercise every single day, right? This is the year I'm going to stop dating anyone who hurts me. In fact, you know what? This is the year of no dating at all. I'm tired of wasting my time on social media and comparing myself with everyone else's life. I'm going to read a book every single day. That's it. That's the last time I'm never watching pornography again. You know what? I'm not going to exaggerate or lie or gossip anymore to make myself look better or feel better compared to other people. You know what? That's it. I'm going to read the Bible every single day this year. Let me ask you, if that's you, if you've decided to make these big commitments, to make these big changes, how did your vow go? How did your promise go? My guess, probably not very great. Because behavior modification doesn't work. Why? Because we only focus on modifying the behavior. If you don't get to the root of the problem, the why you're doing what you're doing, and really even deeper, who you are in what you're doing, then you're never going to be able to adjust the behavior. More specifically, we need to think about neural pathways. So neural pathways is something in your brain. It's kind of like a rut whenever you walk over and over and over and over again along the same path. It's this rut built in your brain that's just an easy way for you to think and to do things. These neural pathways, they lead to the, the thoughts, the, the behaviors that we have in life. So if you want to change your life, then you need to not just change your behavior, you need to change your thoughts, you need to change your mind. Let me explain it this way. So we used to have this big tree in our front yard, right? This sucker was big, it was dead, it was dangerous. It was right by the front of the road. This was constantly tempting to lean over and to, to smash on a car to really do some damage. So we had to remove it. Now imagine me, before we removed it, one day I decide that I'm just going to take out this sucker. I'm going to get it out of the yard. So I go out with a little hacksaw, a little handsaw, and I go, I grab one of the branches, and I saw it off. I take that branch, 
and I throw it away triumphantly. And I swagger back into to my house with the Rocky theme song playing. So I'm getting strong now. I'm feeling motivated. How about you? Then the next morning, I'm surprised to see that the tree is still standing. In fact, it, it looks like it's mocking me. Now, this is a silly illustration, right? We understand in our lives that in order to get rid of a tree, you don't just cut off a branch. You have to really get low into the problem. You have to cut it off at the base or even get rid of the root system itself. We understand that in order to get rid of a tree or a plant or, or even a weed, we need to eliminate the root. But we don't understand this when it comes to our behaviors. See, we try and cut the branch of our behavior rather than get to the root of our mind. We do this all the time, right? We tell ourselves, you know what? I'm going to stop yelling at my parents. I'm going to stop yelling at my siblings. I'm going to stop getting irritated or upset with my coworkers. I'm going to stop screaming on the highway. We say, I'm going to stop isolating myself and being lonely. We say, I'm going to read the Bible every single day. Every single time we just say we're going to do the behavior or change the behavior, we're just cutting a branch. We're ignoring the real problem of our life. And if we believe something, then we're building a mental rut and we're falling into that same old track. So what we're going to do is we're going to attack the source, not the symptom, right? Attack the source, not the symptom. Thinking I can change a behavior just by removing the behavior is absurd. Let's get to the root of the problem. In order to get to the root of the problem, we don't just need to attack the thought. We need to replace the thought. We need to take the bad thought and we need to replace it with the good. So what does that look like? Where do we get these good thoughts from? Well, I'm going to tell you a secret, okay? Lean in. I'm going to whisper this one. The secret of getting good thoughts doesn't come from social media. It doesn't come from listening to your favorite playlist or podcast. It doesn't come from asking or phoning a friend. It comes from God's word. That's the only way that we can replace the lies in our mind is by replacing it with truth. We can look to God's word. That's what Jesus did. Jesus finds himself in the middle of the wilderness, a desolate place. Satan comes and he tempts him with lies. So when Jesus is tempted with lies, what does he do? He pulls out his phone and he, he Googles a Bible verse. He, he, he pulls out his phone and he, he scrolls through his favorite motivational things. He, he watches some incredible TikToks to, to get himself pumped up. No, no, no. What he does is Jesus has already done the work. He has hid God's word in his heart so that when Satan comes at him with lies, he can, boom, hit him with the truth. Jesus took the light and he replaced it with truth. That's what we're going to do. When lies about who we are or temptations to take it the easy way come our way, no, we are not going to give in. We're going to remember who God says we are and what God's word says, and we're going to lean on that. We're going to remind ourselves that leaders don't choose the easy path. We're leaders who love ourselves like we love others, and we love others like we love ourselves. We leaders don't quit when it gets easy. We're going to cut the branch. We're going to get to the root of the problem. So this does require a little bit of self-awareness. Know who you are and why you do what you do. So next time you find yourself in a situation, you ask yourself, 
why am I doing? Why am I thinking this way? Why do I do this? Why do I gossip? Is it maybe because I'm jealous of that person because I'm insecure about myself? Maybe I need to remind myself that God has given me unique talents and gifts and abilities. I need to remember who I am and what I can do. Then I won't compare myself to others. Why, why am I looking at pornography? Why am I overeating? Oftentimes, why we overeat, why we, we look at pornography, why we have physical temptations at all that we give into, really any temptation, I like to think of it through the lens of the HALT principle. HALT, H-A-L-T. Anytime you find yourself in a situation where you're tempted to do something, or even tempted to think a certain way, it might be that you're hungry, it might be that you're angry, it might be that you're lonely, and it could just be you're tired. So the next time before you give into some sort of temptation, next time before you, you surrender to some basic hunger or desire in your life, ask, am I hungry? Do I need to get a healthy snack that's going to treat my body like the temple that God has made it to be? I'm talking broccoli, not Lay's potato chips, even though I love potato chips. Am I angry? Do I have some sort of deep-seated frustration that I need to get over and get out of my life? Okay, maybe. Maybe I need to work on forgiveness. You know, forgive others as I have been forgiven. Maybe I'm lonely. Maybe I just need people in my life, and not just social media, not just a distance relationship. Good people who are going to pour into me face-to-face, love me like God does. Maybe I just need to be with the Lord more. And maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I just need a good old-fashioned nap. It's biblical. It's not just for babies, okay? I'd also add boredom on top of that. Maybe you're just bored. Maybe you need to go do something constructive rather than allowing something destructive, okay? Next time you feel tempted, I want you to think to yourself, halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, retired. When we do these things, right, we're making a change in our lives. We're changing the behavior. Yes, but we're changing the mind. Why am I doing this? Why am I thinking that way? So next month, we're going to be talking a lot about behavior modification through habit formation. Okay, so be, for, be sure to look forward to that. But in the meantime, I want you to focus on the root of the issue, not just the behavior. Right, we're going to cut the root, not just the branch. Let's talk about the second one. Be a human not a lizard, okay? So we could cut the branch, uh, cut the root, not the branch. We're gonna be a human, not a lizard. The year is, is 1939, and the undersized, under-resourced Finnish army is fighting the much larger Soviet Union. Their constant skirmishes throughout this uh, brutal winter months has deemed the war the Winter War. Now, despite mounting odds. The Finnish army has several unlikely and impossible yet impressive successes. Now their successes didn't necessarily just come from their skill and their tactics. One of their greatest successes came not from their skills, but from the smell of their soup. So it's 11 p.m. on December 10th, and a battalion of over 400 Soviet soldiers have slipped undetected through the cover of darkness and the thick forest near Finland's base. Now, this particular base was one that held mainly supply and medical personnel, but as well, there were several cooks there. These were men who were not equipped to be able to deal with the force that was coming at them. Now, if the Soviets were to take this particular base, 
This would be a crippling blow against the Finns' supply line, and it would basically eliminate and cripple their efforts. Then it happens. The Soviet soldiers burst through the trees without warning, surprising and panicking the Finns, causing them to flee. The Russians march forward without opposition. Now, now the Russians had a great opportunity in front of them. If they didn't hesitate, then they could go forward right now and they could finish this war. They could do it once and for all. However, one of the first things that the, the Soviets come upon is the mess hall, the kitchen area. Now, though the cooks had fled, they had left huge pots of sausage soup continuing to simmer on the stove. And as the smell of the soup wafted into the men's nostrils, the cold, starving Russians, they paused. They looked at each other with mouth salivating, right? They're hungry. They shoulder their weapons. They take bowls and they ladle out hot broth and meat. As the Soviets greedily slurped the soup, their desire to fight, it left them. And the Finnish army had a chance to regroup. And to this point, the Finnish colonel, Aro Pajari, he, he rallied and armed a ragtag group of, of medics, of cooks, of, of supply sergeants, and he took them to the Russians, and he took them on. Now, while they engaged and, and held off the enemy, two combat units of Finnish troops, they arrived and they joined the fight. This would be called the Sausage War. So by 4 a.m., the Soviets had begun to retreat. And of the 500 nearly who launched the attack, only a few dozen made it back to their line. By dawn, the battle was almost entirely over, and the scene that was met was horrific. Over 100 Russian soldiers lying dead in the Finns' former field kitchen, with bowls overturned over frozen bodies, with soup still clinging to their chins. So what should have been a total annihilation by the Soviets turned to a complete defeat? All because they should have pressed on to victory. But instead they took marching orders from their bellies. Now we can look at that years removed and we can say, what idiots! They traded that victory for soup. They traded that greater good for something easy. But think about it. This is something that we all do on a regular basis. We give up a greater good to settle for a lesser desire or an impulse. You hit the snooze button instead of waking up to work out or to read your Bible. Hmm? You allow one single slip up in your diet to lead to a week-long junk food binge. Maybe you stay in a toxic relationship with a guy or a girl who makes you feel miserable, but you stay there because they're hot. Maybe you stay up all night playing Call of Duty when you should be studying. You put off doing chores because you're watching Netflix. You choose to watch pornography instead of having a healthy relationship. You surf Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or other social media instead of reading a book, having a genuine conversation, interaction with somebody. You let your temper fly, and you destroy a relationship with your parents, with your teachers, with your friends, with your coworkers. These choices may not be life or death, but if someone was able to survey the entire sweep of your life, they would see certain moments like this, these little compromises, 
as things that led to catastrophic failures later on. And they would say, oh my gosh, I can't believe she gave up that for that. Oh, dude, if he had just known, he could have had victory. See, when we give up these short-term pleasures for long-term victory, we have true freedom. But instead, we choose to slurp crappy soup. We give up what's good for what is easy. Now, what is easy? Choosing that mindset, that's called lizard brain thinking. Psychologists define the lizard brain as the most primitive part of the brain. It's the brainstem. By extension, any part of a person's psyche or personality that's dominated by instinct or impulse rather than rational thought. It's not thinking from a place of long-term health and strength. Now, the Bible would call long-term health and strength thinking as wisdom, and it would call lizard brain thinking foolishness. So if we want to think wise and we need to think long, we don't need to be lizards thinking about what feels good right now. We need to be humans who think in the long term. What's the, what's the solution to this? What, what's the way to do this? Think about your future self. Think about you not just right now, but you a week from now, a month from now, a year, five years, ten years. Who do you want to be in the future? And then build habits, build principles, make decisions for that person in the future. When you do this, you'll be living a life of freedom. Not freedom to do whatever you want, but freedom to be the person that God has called you to be. You won't be hindered by the slavery of living by your stomach or your sinful, selfish, or stupid desires. You'll be thinking long and hard towards a good life. This is what Jesus says whenever he describes in John chapter 10 that the enemy, right, Satan, the big bad of the Bible, has come to kill, steal, and destroy But Jesus came so that you can have life and life everlasting. So let's choose life. Let's choose the hard path. Let's choose not to think with our stomach. Let's choose to be a human, not a lizard. I'm going to wrap up by saying this. You're a leader. Whether you know it or not, you're a leader. Good or bad, your decisions are going to lead you and lead others. But let's be leaders who love people, who love ourselves like we love our neighbor, and love our neighbor like we love ourselves. We're going to be someone who God has uniquely made and gifted for a purpose, to bring glory to him by loving God and loving others. You're the kind of leader who seizes every opportunity because every second counts. You don't take shortcuts because that isn't who you are. You're better than that. You're a human cuts the root, not a lizard who cuts the branch. Well, that wraps up another month for us at the Grow You Podcast. I want to say a a big old thank you to you for for welcoming me into your ears, into your heart, into your life. It means so much. If this is something that means a lot to you, if it impacted you at all, please share it with somebody who you think would benefit from it. Share it on social media. Let's, Let's continue to grow other people with these interactions. I want to say thank you so much for for being a part of this community. I want to give a big thank you, a big shout out to Rachel for for editing this podcast, for setting everything up. Uh, I want to say thank you to her as well for for sending out that great newsletter that hopefully you got. If you didn't, um, let's, let's get you hooked up with that. I want you to encourage you to keep growing. 
Keep getting that 1% better every single day. Keep getting one step closer to that person that God wants you to be. In the meantime, we'll see you next month. Much love to your success. Grow You is a next-gen affiliation with Park Chapel Christian Church in Greenfield, Indiana. Grow You podcast is hosted by Kiefer Honeycutt. Music composed by Marble Space. Like and subscribe on YouTube and or Apple and Spotify podcasts.